Hey team, Alexis Evans here, and welcome back to the 4th and Gold podcast hosted by yours truly. This week, I'm giving an honorable goodbye to the football legends that we've recently lost. I'm calling out the top five players of the regular season, the eliminated teams, and the teams that have clinched their spot in the playoffs on and off the field drama. And of course, I'll make my predictions for the upcoming weekend of games. We're heading into week 18, the last week of the NFL's regular season, and we've got a lot to talk about. So let's go. All right, we are back. I want to wish a very happy holidays to all of my listeners. Um, I know that I personally have taken some time off and it was needed and it felt great and had some wonderful time with my family and friends. So we're here, we're ready to get back into it and we're just finishing up um, the regular season here, heading into the postseason, and there's a lot going on in the NFL right now. Like, obviously, there's a lot going on in the world right now, but just like the little bubble of the NFL is like every day something crazy, something new is happening, and I just I've never quite seen it like this in the NFL. Obviously, the NFL is like ever changing, so there's always new things going on. But I feel like this season, for some reason, is extra eventful, (laughs) I'll say. Um, And yeah, there's just a lot going on. But before we get to all of that, before we get into teams and predictions and postseason and all that stuff, I do want to give an honorable mention to three of our football legends that have recently um, passed away. First and foremost, I want to talk about Demarius Thomas. As you know, I'm from Denver, so I'm a huge Broncos fan, and this was a very hard hit to the Broncos and the Denver community. Um, reported on by Jeff Legwold of ESPN, quote, former Denver Broncos wide receiver passed away on December 8th, 2021 at the young age of 33. Latanya Bosinger, a first cousin who grew up with Demarius Thomas, um, so close that they considered themselves siblings, told the Associated Press that the family believes he died from a seizure. He had been suffering from seizures for over a year, and we believe he had a seizure when he was showering, said LaTanya. Former teammates also noted Thursday night that Thomas might have been having seizures in recent months. The Broncos released a statement early Friday mourning the loss of, quote, an incredible player and a special person, unquote. We are devastated and completely heartbroken by the sudden tragic passing of Demarius Thomas, said um, the Broncos. DT was beloved by our entire organization, his teammates and coaches, and our fans. Recently retiring as a Bronco, we were very much looking forward to celebrating Demarius for years to come as one of the greatest players in franchise history. The Broncos went on to add Demarius... Damaris's humility, warmth, kindness, and infectious smile will always be remembered by those who knew him and loved him. He was the first of two first-round picks for the Broncos in the 2010 NFL Draft. Tim Tebow was the other and spent nine seasons with the team. He finished his career as the Broncos' second-leading receiver, 9,055 yards, just behind only Rod Smith. He is third in franchise history in catches with 655 behind Smith and Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp. Thomas played in 10 seasons overall with the Broncos, Houston Texans, and Jets and finished with 724 catches for 9,763 yards and 63 touchdowns. Quote, DT was the complete package as a wide receiver growing into one of the very best at his position, unquote. Broncos president of football operations, John Elway, said in June after Thomas retired. 
The combination of his size, speed, strength, and athleticism was unmatched. Demarius's remarkable consistency and production were instrumental in our offense setting historic records and our team winning a lot of games, including two AFC championships and one Super Bowl in Super Bowl 50. And everything of I that I know of Demarius Thomas outside of football beyond the field is that he was so involved in the community and supporting the Denver community and supporting his fellow teammates, not only as a friend, but also helping them support their um, own charity. So obviously we know a lot of players create their own charities um, to give back to the community that they play for. And everything that I heard of is that he would make time to go to every event for all of his fellow teammates charities always being there especially for the ones that involve the, the children and the kids of the community he was always there trying to build up the next generation um, in Denver especially so beyond the field obviously we know he was a, an amazing player and a fantastic person but just extremely um, giving as well so he is it's a huge loss um, to lose a person like that and we will forever remember him especially people um, in the Denver community I know for sure all right moving on we're gonna talk about John Madden obviously a very long-lasting legend in the NFL um, above all else John Madden wanted to be known as a coach. He insisted that Hall of Fame voters evaluate him as a coach without the quote other stuff, as he sometimes said to refer to his second, third, and fourth lives as a pioneering broadcaster, product pitchman, and esports innovator. Quote, I'm a coach and a teacher, period, unquote, he always said. He'd be He'd been named Raiders coach in 1969 as a 32-year-old, very young. The hiring was a jaw-dropper at the time, but as an assistant on the Raiders staff under John Rausch, Madden was beloved and respected by what was a wild, old-school roster. One thing that served him well in the locker room and later in the booth was Madden's ability to occasionally weaponize his physical stature. He was a giant man, six foot four, 250 pounds or so, with a voice that carried. He was a hard driving but gregarious personality who laughed a lot more than he yelled. But when he did yell, look out. The same way he could later tap into the ebb and flow of games as a broadcaster he could grab his team by the face mask when he had to by 1979 madden was burning out but he had become the youngest coach to ever win a super bowl at the time 40 he was very young still only 40 years old eight years after he started his head coaching career and had a 103 32 and 7 records still the best winning percentage 75.9% of any coach who won 100 games quote he might have been more proud of that statistic than anything else he did in life unquote says legendary tv producer and longtime friend bob center Quote, people forget that John was one of the brightest, most successful coaches in NFL history, and he got out at the absolute perfect time, unquote. A few years later, when he got a chance to try broadcasting, Madden loved it immediately. He had a natural gift at teaching and explaining football to a wide audience, and a huge part of it was his mastery of timing. He had an innate ability to navigate the time between plays without stepping on his play-by-play -play partner in a way that befuddles even the smartest, most charismatic ex-players and coaches. He'd eventually announced his retirement from broadcasting right after the 2009 season. Madden was 72 years old and still the best in the business, but he was ready to go. After his retirement from broadcasting, Madden went on to become an eSports pioneer with his Madden NFL video game developed by EA Sports in 1994. 
By 2018, the company had sold more than 130 million copies of the game. It is the only officially licensed NFL video game series and grossed over $4 billion in sales by 2013. Madden passed away on December 28, 2021, just a few days after he watched the premiere of his all-Madden documentary with his close family and friends. I, for one, did not know his full history. I didn't realize his coaching statistics with the Raiders. Um, I am very grateful that he was the coach of the Raiders before I was born so that I wouldn't be upset about his team being so good and probably beating my Broncos. Um, But I will say that um, after watching his documentary, he is an extremely inspiring human being. And just the fact that he was so resi- resilient and willing to try new things and willing to take it and just run with it is something that I would like to implement in my life as well. And so if you have not watched his documentary on Disney+, Plus, oh, that's a lie, it's on Peacock. If you haven't watched his documentary called All Madden on Peacock, go ahead click on it, watch it. It's just like an hour and 45 minutes long, maybe even shorter than that. Um, It's quick, but it's just such a good look into his life and things that honestly you didn't really know about him, like that he was afraid of flying. So he flew only a few times with the Raiders. And then after that, he just took a few trains, but it took a million years to get anywhere. And so then he finally just ended up buying a tour bus and bust anywhere he needed to go for the rest of his life. So... If you have a free hour and a half to two hours, uh, check out that documentary. It's inspiring, and I think you'll really like it. All right, last one here. We're going to talk about Dan Reeves. Dan Reeves, who appeared in nine Super Bowls as a player, assistant coach, and head coach, died at his home in Atlanta on Saturday, so last Saturday, which is just the beginning of 2022. He was 77 years old. Reeves is one of only 10 coaches to have won at least 190 regular season games in his career. And he guided two teams, the Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons, to the Super Bowl and was the head coach of the New York Giants for four seasons. With a 201, 174, and two NFL coaching record overall, including the postseason, he is one of the only he is one of only nine coaches in NFL history with 200 total wins. His Super Bowl appearances as an individual have been topped only by quarterback Tom Brady and the New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick. Reeves is one of only two eligible NFL head coaches with 200 career wins who have not been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was twice named AP NFL Coach of the Year in 1993 with the Giants and in 1998 with the Falcons. He was inducted to the Broncos Ring of Fame in 2014. Reeves died from complications of dementia at his home in Atlanta on January 1st, 2022, just 18 days before his 78th birthday. I truly believe that he most likely will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, um, most likely this upcoming um, class of Hall of Famers. So if not that, then hopefully the next one, he truly does deserve his spot in Canton. All right, moving on. I want to talk about the eliminated teams. I mean, I want to talk about it, but I don't really want to talk about it because my team is on this list. So it's a little upsetting, but we need to talk about it. So this is a list of the eliminated teams for the postseason. So week 18, which we're about to approach, um, today is Thursday. Um, So this upcoming weekend is our last regular season weekend of games so after this we will go into wild card weekend and we'll head into the postseason so these are the teams that this um will be their last game of the season and it's heartbreaking for me because my team is on this list um so hopefully next season for the broncos we will change something something needs to be fixed we know that it is it is time Okay, 
moving on from the Broncos in my heartbreak, um, let's talk about the eliminated teams. So from the AFC East, we have the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets eliminated. From the AFC North, we have the Cleveland Browns eliminated. From the AFC South, we have the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars eliminated. From the AFC West, we have me, like me, my heart is eliminated, the Denver Broncos. From the NFC East, we have Washington football team and the New York Giants. From the NFC North, we have the Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, and the Detroit Lions. From the NFC South, we have the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. And from the NFC West, we have the Seattle Seahawks. Moving on, I want to talk about the teams. This is now a list of the teams that have either clinched their spot into the playoffs um, have home field advantage or have um, earned themselves a playoff berth. So we will see after this weekend who is in the final bracket of the playoffs. Um, I mean, sorry, not after this week, but after Wild Card Weekend, who's in the final bracket of the playoffs and how those conference championship games are going to look. All right. So in the AFC East, um, we have the Buffalo Bills are standing at 10 and 6, and the New England Patriots also standing at 10 and 6 with a playoff berth. So they're both going to be um, duking it out against each other for that um, division title to be the champion of the AFC East. Um, I'm going for the Bills. I'm a huge Josh Allen fan, and I'll talk about this later on in this episode, but I truly believe in Josh Allen. He is the future, um, and I think he's done amazing things to build up that team and that community, and um, I I will be rooting for him um, for the rest of the postseason, however long he carries his team. Um the New England Patriots, I, I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're a good team. I would just choose the Bills over the New England Patriots. But I think the New England Patriots, as long as they stay with Mac Jones and whatever system that they have been running in the last half of the regular season, I think they've got an extremely bright future. And I think we should all be looking out for them in the upcoming years. Um, for the AFC North, we have the Cincinnati Bengals, who are sitting at 10-6, and six, who have clinched the division title. So they have already clinched that spot. They have clearly beaten out the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Baltimore Ravens, if I'm not... Um, if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure they're in a wild card game. Though I think they're going to be one of the teams that's playing for wild card. So, but... Beyond wild card, Cincinnati Bengals are there. They have clenched that division. AFC South, we have the Tennessee Titans sitting at 11 and 5. They've also clinched that division title. Um, they are tied with the AFC West team, Kansas City Chiefs, also at 11 and 5, who has clinched that division title. And I'm pretty sure that the Chargers and the Raiders are in wild card as well. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But. Um, for the AFC, we've got Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots, Cincinnati Bengals, Tennessee Titans, and Kansas City Chiefs with their ticket to the postseason. All right, moving on to the NFC, we have the NFC East. We have Dallas Cowboys at, sitting at 11-5 and five with a clenched division title. But then we also have the Philadelphia Eagles sitting at 9-7 with a playoff berth. Um, I think... The Cowboys, I don't think the Eagles have a long um, road ahead of them in the postseason. I don't think it's going to last very long. Um, but the Cowboys, that'll be really interesting. I think these next teams I'm going to talk about here, that's gonna, those are going to be those are going to be crazy games. And these teams in the NFC, I think, are leaps and bounds over the AFC teams. I don't know. I just like I don't. For some reason, this season in particular, the NFC teams are so good and, like, unstoppable. Like, I think I've probably 
picked the NFC team, these particular NFC teams, the Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Bucks, and Los Angeles Rams, um, and the Arizona Cardinals to probably um, win every game that they played this season so far. And they like really have it disappointed me in that. So um, the, the these NFC teams are just a different they're just different teams in the AFC. I just think they're just like a, just a little step, a little more elite than the AFC teams this season. And I don't know why. I'm not sure. Like, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why, but that the, these games with these teams are going to be crazy and I can't wait to watch. But um, so yeah, NFC East, you got the Dallas Cowboys sitting at 11 5 with a clinch division title, Philadelphia Eagles 9 and 7 with a playoff berth. You have the NFC North with the Green Bay Packers sitting at 13 and 3, the best stats the best standings in the league um they have not only clinched the division title but they're the only team to have also clinched home field advantage so um they they're just they're just there like they're just they're gonna crush it and i will be extremely extremely surprised if they are not in the super bowl this season i will be blown away to be honest with you all right, um, NFC South, you have the Tampa Bay Bucks sitting at 12 and four. They have a clinched division title. Um, you know, their standings are actually pretty solid. I would just say that that one game where they were shut out, that is like, that game to me is so flabbergasting. Like I just can't uh, get my mind wrapped around that fact that Tom Brady was playing and his team was shut out. I don't think that's ever happened since I started watching football. So, um, it's extremely crazy. So, but they have clinched that division title. I just don't know how long they're going to stay in the postseason, especially with, um, a powerhouse team like the Green Bay Packers in their conference. Um, all right, and then NFC West, we have Los Angeles Rams sitting at 12 and 4 with a playoff berth, and the Arizona Cardinals sitting at 11 and 5, um, also with a playoff berth. I think I'm. The Los Angeles Rams, I don't want to root for them because one, they have Vaughn Miller, and that's a whole thing. But two, because I don't like the fact that they're like, let's create super teams like the Lakers. I don't know. It just seems so ugh, like just not traditional. It just seems so unorthodox to do. And I don't know. I maybe I'm just old fashioned and that's why I don't like it, but I don't like super teams. So, but I mean, I guess it works for them because they're sitting at 12 and 4 and they're going into the playoffs and my team is not. So anyways, um, so we have Los Angeles Rams and Arizona Cardinals in the NFC West. Um, we'll see how that goes. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be like, I think it's going to be a fight between Dallas Cowboys and Green Bay Packers for that conference, to be honest with you. I don't see, I'm, I would rather go for Arizona Cardinals, but they've been playing so, um, off these past few weeks that I'm not sure where their mindset is. So that's going to be, I don't, I would not gamble on the Arizona Cardinals just yet, even though they had an outstanding season until like a month ago. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's move on to my conference champion predictions um, for the AFC. I think it's either going to be Kansas City taking it or the Tennessee Titans. They're both sitting in 11 and 5. Um, I wish if like if I, if everything was perfect in the world, I would want Buffalo to win. But if I had to think strictly on stats and the season and players and you know all of the math on it, I would go Kansas City or Tennessee Titans. Now, as of yesterday, the Titans have officially announced that they are taking Derrick Henry off the IR list. He was in practice today, and he might have a chance to play in the postseason, which will make Tennessee virtually unstoppable if he's playing at 80 to 100% of his of his capability. He is coming off of a broken foot, um, but they're saying that um, he was at practice today 
and he is not on the um, injured reserve list. So that will be a game changer if he gets on the field for postseason. Fingers crossed because he's a beast. Um, for the NFC, Green Bay. That's it. That's my only team. I, they're going to take it. I think they're going to take that. Uh, conference title. I don't see any other NFC team. I mean, they're all good. They're all really good. And those games are going to be really, really good to get in there. But they've just been so unstoppable every time they've had Aaron Rodgers this season, except for game one. We all know that. But besides game one, when Aaron Rodgers has been playing, they've just been insane. So I think it's, I think Green Bay, that's it. Like, done, period. Green Bay is going to take that, and I think they will be in the Super Bowl this season. All right. Quick halftime. Grab some water. Grab some snacks. Grab all the things you need to rejuvenate before we head into the last half of this episode. All right, team. See you soon. Let's go. All right, we are back from our little halftime break. Got some water, got some snacks. Let's go. Let's keep pushing on with this. I'm going to move into the uh, top 10 players of the 2021 and 2022 regular season. Um, So Sportsnot did a list of actually the top 100 players of the 2021-2022 regular season. But... These are their top 10, and I fully agree with most of them. <laughs> I almost said all of them, but of course, I have my own personal opinions about a few of these guys. Anyways, number 10, Derek Henry, and I am really glad that he was number 10 because we just talked about him um, ever since he's been on uh, taking off of IR, which has been like, what, two days. Um, there's been all these posts, all these like throwback videos of him just being a beast. Um, it's just so funny to see him like run the ball because one, he's probably like a hundred pounds bigger. He's probably a foot taller than everyone on the field. Like it's like one of those times, like when you see like a peewee football game and they're like all these kids who are probably like, three feet tall. They're all in like elementary school, like fifth or sixth grade, like tiny little kiddos. And then there's this one kid that had like this growth spurt over the summer and he's like five feet tall, like, you know, huge compared to these little kids. He looks like he's like in high school playing all these elementary kids, but he just had like a growth spurt. Like that's what Derrick Henry looks like to me um, when he's on the field with these fellow with his fellow professional football players it's just crazy like I can't even imagine his size in real life like to see him like in real life what he actually looks like because even the football when when he holds the football in his arms it looks significantly smaller than when anybody else holds a football you literally you can't even see it he hides it in his large arm anyways okay moving on from my fascination with Derrick Henry, but um, he is number 10 of the top 10 players of the whole season, and my I might add is that he hasn't even played since Halloween. He, he's been injured. He has a broken foot. Well, he's supposedly healed now, but he hasn't even played since Halloween, and with all of that, he is still on the top 10 list for most rushing yards in the season. He's number seven, and he was at one for like the probably like two or three weeks after he was injured. And then he obviously just gradually moving down because he hasn't been playing. But I mean, it's been two months, two, yeah, two months since he's played, and he's still even, he's still on the list. I'm <laughs> like, okay, let's just talk about that. All right, anyways, Derrick Henry, running back, the Tennessee Titans, he averaged 126.7 rushing yards per game this past season, cracking the 2,000-yard mark. Keep in mind, he did a majority of that damage against stacked boxes. Like I mentioned, he may have a chance to come back and play in the postseason, but if not, he'll have a heck of a comeback year in 2022-2023. But... After seeing some posts this morning of him at practice, 
I will be very surprised if he doesn't come back for the postseason because I think the Titans need him. And if he does come back, they're going to be – that's going to be a force. That's going to be a crazy good team. All right. Moving on, number nine, Josh Allen. You all know I love this guy. I believe in him, and I wish he played for the Broncos. Um, but I have – this is quarterback Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills. He is – Back currently in MVP discussions, he has been one of my favorite new players to come out of the 2018 draft. He has led Buffalo to two straight postseasons and has drawn a clear pathway to the Super Bowl. If not this season, then definitely next season for the Bills. I think he is his energy his, is needed. His leadership is fantastic. The players love him. The players like to play for him. And I think that he's got a very long career ahead of him. And I believe in him. So I can't wait to see what um, happens next. Moving on, I have number eight, Travis Kelsey. He is a tight end from Kansas City. Travis Kelsey already holds um, NFL records for most 1,000-yard seasons by a tight end with five. He holds a record for single season receiving yards by a tight end with 1,416 and a most 100 reception seasons by a tight end with two seasons under his belt. So clearly he is extremely athletic <laughs> and extremely talented, um, but he also seems like a really good leader for his team. So I think he's also someone that just gives off really good energy and people just vibe off of that. And when I say people, his, <laughs> his teammates. So I think him and Patrick Mahomes, they're a really great duo together. They're both young. They're both just in it. They're both like just say, seem like good people. So, I mean, I have a lot of things to say about Patrick Mahomes later on, but we'll get to that in a second. Beyond that, he has helped Patrick Mahomes lead the Chiefs to the Super Bowl twice already, and he's just now getting into the prime of his career. So, just saying that, it's going to be absolutely insane to see his future in the NFL. Number seven, I have Devontae Adams, um, which he just gave gave in a fantastic quote earlier. Um, I don't know if this was a press conference from today or yesterday, but I just saw it on Instagram this morning where he gave um, a good quote about um, giving advice to young wide receivers. And his his advice was, um, we're out here playing football. We're out here actually practicing playing football. We're not just filming drills um, just to put on Instagram. We're actually here in it practicing and playing because we are professional football players so i think that's great um you know actually putting in the work rather than just posting that you're putting in the work but not actually putting in the work um anyways wide receiver Devontae adams from green bay packers um Adams wants to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL and for a good reason. Coming off a 14-game season with 1,374 yards and 18 touchdowns, this all-pro wideout is poised to cash in as the top NFL free agent in 2022. Um, he is a beast. Um, he is when he, uh, him and Aaron Rodgers are um, and they have a good connection. It's it's unstoppable. So that, and he's one of the, besides Aaron Rodgers, he's one of the uh, most important reasons why I think that they will advance all the way to the Super Bowl. Okay, number six, I have Miles Garrett, um, a defensive end from Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett will forever be known for striking Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet. And after I read that sentence the other day, I actually needed to go back and rewatch this video and it is so graphic. I forgot this happened and I just like can't believe that that went down. And there have been like some other like, you know, notable fist fights and extracurriculars on the field in recent seasons, but that one was nuts. And I'm surprised that there was not like a gang of Pittsburgh Steelers uh, 
fans waiting for him after the game or even like about to jump on the field because I know that I know that fan base and I know that they probably if they could take the situation in their own hands they would have um but there is also no denying that he is one of the best defensive players in the NFL with 12 sacks on the season he is well on his way to achieving the accolade of defensive player of the year Number five, TJ Watt, outside linebacker from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Watt is possibly the best NFL edge rusher in current times. With 98 quarterback hits and 42.5 sacks in his last 47 games, the Pittsburgh Steelers were willing to break their own archaic rules to make Watt the highest paid player in NFL history. That should tell you everything about how good he is. He um, is, of course, from the famed Watt family um, that they just created three outstandingly amazing athletes and they are all three in the NFL. It's just really crazy and I need to know the genes that uh, that they have to be able to do that. <laughs> that sounds just insane. Um, anyways, not only is are they extremely athletic, but the whole family is just very charitable, good people in the community making waves, um, positive waves, and doing good things. So good on the field, good in the community, awesome family. All right, number four. Ooh, perfect, perfect segue into me talking about not an awesome family. Number four, Patrick Mahomes, obviously the quarterback um, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it's been kind of rough for him. It's been a little bit of a sticky 2021 season for Mahomes between his more than usual losses on the season and his family literally wreaking havoc in Kansas City. He's managed to still perform pretty well on the field. I mean, well enough to advance his team um, with uh, to, this, to the postseason with a clenched division title. But... Late in the season, he's looking more like his old self and is still showing fans that he is the most physically talented quarterback in football, which uh, I I think that that I think that there are some uh, newer quarterbacks or uh, some quarterbacks that are starting to come up on him and maybe take that title away from him. I'm not saying he's not good, but I, I think that he's probably not going to be able to hold that title for much longer. Um, and man, his family sucks. Like, let's just say it. Like, his wife seems crazy. Um, his brother seems like an egotistical maniac. Like, oh my gosh. Like, it just is weird because Patrick Mahomes himself seems like a great person. Like, obviously, I don't know personally what he's really like, but he seems like a decent human. Um, but his mom, his wife, and his brother, they all seem just like, I don't know, out of their minds. Like, literally out of their minds. So, hopefully, they get the help that they need in their life to be successful. Okay. Number three, Aaron Donald. Um, we have a defensive tackle from the Los Angeles Rams. Donald is arguably the best defensive player in the league. His career stats include 93 quarterback hits, 59 tackles for loss, and 46.5 sacks across games. So that's his entire career. That wasn't just this season. That'd be crazy. Um, not only has he proven himself to be an outstanding player, but a leader for his team and his community. So great player, great human. Moving on, number two, I have Aaron Rodgers. He is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, we all know him. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are dominating after that their rough season opener, but reigning NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers isn't playing at the same absurd level. Once Green Bay's offensive line is healthy and this offense is really clicking, they should see the elite version of Rodgers again. I do think that he is unstoppable and will lead his team to the Super Bowl this year. So I believe in him. I think that he is a beast and I would be afraid to play with him on the field. So I think that he's going to lead them all the way to the big show. All right, last but not least, we have Tom Brady, the GOAT, number one quarterback of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Arguably 
the best quarterback of all time. Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback Tom Brady is at it again, defying father time by playing like the best player in the NFL. I will say he's had more setbacks this season than the last, and I'm not sure if those setbacks will cost him a Super Bowl appearance, but I do know that you can never count him out of a Super Bowl run. He's on pace for another NFL MVP award, which seems unthinkable for a 44-year-old quarterback. But Brady's historic pace keeps demonstrating why he is the best player in football history. That is a crazy statement to make, to be honest with you. It really is. And I feel like we should be so lucky that we have watched him throughout his entire career and have been able to see him just take on this this unhuman role. All right, that's it. That's your top 10 players of the regular season. Um, Many of these players, I think there's only like maybe one of these players that's on this list that's not going to uh, the postseason, Miles Garrett, but everybody else, the nine other players are making their way to the postseason, so that makes sense. Okay, let's quickly just chat about what the heck's going on with the Washington football team and their new name reveal. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk around this. Um, the Washington football team says it will announce its new team name on February 2nd. Co-CEO Tanya Snyder confirmed the final candidates are the Armada, the Presidents, the Brigade, the Red Hawks, the Commanders, the Defenders. And just the plain old name they've been going by, football team. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that is, those uh, candidates, candidate names are from Adam Schefter's podcast. After that was announced, there was this also very strange um, possible leak of their new name. But the weird thing is, is that that name is not on this list of candidates. So I don't know what to believe. But as of recently, there have been reports of the team's new name being accidentally leaked weeks ago. Many sources are saying the website domain titled WashingtonAdmirals.com was leaked and would direct you to the Washington football team's official website, WashingtonFootball.com. I don't know who to believe. If I were them, Admirals is not terribly bad. Um, I don't really like any of the other ones. Maybe Red Hawks, maybe. But that also sounds like a high school team name or even like a rec league game or rec league team. You know what I mean? None of these names sound awfully fantastic. So maybe Commanders, even that, no. Like when I read it, I'm like, okay, maybe. But then when I say it out loud, I hate it. So. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? Maybe we'll just keep football team. Like, it's not, that's not that bad. Like, right? It's not that bad. Okay. Moving on. Week 18 is kind of like the week that doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Because we're about to go into a wild card. People, teams have already been eliminated. Um, it's just like... I personally like it. I mean, for me, it's going to be fun because I get to see my team play for the last time for the season. And I mean, everyone, everyone's going to be playing. This is the last time. It's like the last hurrah. Um, but it is going to be kind of funky because many of these teams that are playing have already been eliminated. So it's like, yeah. Um, but anyways, let's talk about it. Um, we have the Chiefs, the Broncos. I think you already know who I'm going to take on this one. Obviously, the Broncos. Last game um, of the season. Last game at mile high for this season. Um, I don't even know who's going to be quarterback this weekend, to be honest with you, for the Broncos. But I maybe we can just pull out one last win, right? Just one more little win. Honestly, it would be nice just to, like, beat the Chiefs because – that's pretty rare for us. So, um, we'll see. But, obviously, I chose Broncos. Okay. Cowboys at the Eagles. This will be a good game since they both have a playoff berth. I'm going to go Cowboys on this game. Um, like I said, I don't think the Eagles have a long uh, life in the postseason. So, I'm going to go Cowboys. 
We have Washington at the Giants. I'm going to go Washington on this game. Washington has been up and down. They've beaten some really good teams. and They've also just been really stinky sometimes. So they're all over the place, but they are definitely better than the Giants. The Giants are just ugh, rough, beyond rough. Um, but I'm going to go Washington on that game. We have Bengals at the Browns. The Bengals have um, clenched their division title. Um, they won last week, and it was a big win for them. Joe Burrow, I feel like, is just now coming into himself as a professional quarterback in the NFL. And I think he's finally, like, getting the um, system down and making it work for him. So I'm going to go Bengals on that. And uh, Baker Mayfield, who I typically like and I typically pick, um, will be getting – he's out for the game. He's out for the rest of the season, but it's just this last game. Um, he's getting shoulder surgery. So he will be out. And I also saw something interesting about Baker Mayfield today saying that he might be looking for a trade. But we will see. Um, we have Steelers at the Ravens. I'm going as Steelers this game. Um, this will be possibly Ben's last game. Uh, I think the Steelers are, might be in wild card, but I don't know for sure. But this might be Ben Roethlisberger's last game ever. Um, I know he already played his last game at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, so this might be his very last game ever, ever, just before he retires at the end of this season. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but I'm going to go Steelers on this game because I think they're an emotional team. I think they play with emotion, um, and I think if, if this is his last game, I think they're going to try and win it for him. All right, we have the Packers at the Lions. I'm going to go Packers on this. I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers is going to play this game. He might just play like the first um, quarter. But I still think regardless if he does or doesn't play, I think they have like a very high percentage um, chance of winning this game against the Lions. The Lions have what have they tied? They've tied one game and won one game. Um, they Maybe they've won two games. I'm not quite sure on their exact standing right now but either way Packers have definitely uh got that game in the bag um we have the Colts at the Jags I'm gonna take the Colts on this uh Jaguars also not good <laughs> they've already fired their coach a few weeks ago um they have a good rookie QB but I does he have any direction? I don't know. Is he discouraged? Will he come back? Is he going to retire? Like, what's the deal? Um, I'm going to go Colts on this one. Um, I have the Bears of the Vikings. I'm going to go Vikings on this game. Um, I just am not a believer in the Bears. I really never have been. And I rarely, very rarely pick them to win. Um, so I'm going to go Vikings. Um, moving on to the Titans at the Texans. The Texans are out of Super Bowl contention. Uh, Super Bowl contention. Titans are in it. They have won. They have uh, clenched their division. Um, so I will be going with them on this one. Titans, especially if they have Derrick Henry. I don't know if he's going to be playing this weekend. I feel like probably not. I feel like they're probably, if he is going to play, they're probably going to save him to the postseason. But we'll see. I could be wrong. Um, moving on, I have the Saints at the Falcons. I'm going to go Falcons on this game. Um, Saints, you know, I don't know. They've been all over the place this season, more down than up. Um, I mean, the Falcons haven't really been that great either, but I'm going to go Falcons instead. Um, I still think Matt Ryan maybe has a little oomph left in him. Uh, I have Seahawks at the Cardinals. The Seahawks have been an extreme disappointment this season. I've never seen them play this bad. I really haven't. Um, it's so weird to see, especially now that Russell Wilson is back and they're still, like, awful. It's just so weird. Um, anyways, I'm going to go Cardinals on this game. I think they're going to try and come back this week and get out of their losing streak. So this will be a good game for them. Um, moving on, I have uh, Jets at the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills for this. Uh, I obviously, because I've talked about it many, many times, how much I love Josh Allen. And I like this team and I like his leadership on this team. So they're just an overall better team for this game. I have the Panthers at the Bucks. Uh, I don't know if Tom Brady will be playing this weekend, but um, either way, I think the Bucks are going to take it. They're in Tampa. Um, it'll be kind of like a good little like 
finish off right. Let's finish good before we head into the postseason kind of game for them, I think. We have the Patriots and the Dolphins. The Dolphins are not in the postseason. The Patriots are. I'm going to take the Patriots on this game. I think it's um, good for them to stay in this groove that they've been in, this winning groove that they've continued for um, the past few weeks. So I think it feels like Mac Jones and um, the offensive team and leaders and Bill Belichick have finally like found their groove and found their um their communication and they just they feel gelled at this point and I definitely gonna take Patriots with this game I'll be looking forward to see how far they go into the um postseason they've got some legs on it I think they can go far we'll see but if not this year, next year, if they keep Mac Jones um, and keep what they're doing, it's going to be, they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. So watch out, everyone. Um, okay, 49ers at the Rams. <laughs> I don't, I pick the 49ers for this game. I think the 49ers are in a wild card, but um, for the postseason and the Rams have are in, they've had a, they have a playoff berth. Um, I just don't like the Rams. I think that's why I, I like this was a very like personal, emotional pick I made. I just like I don't I don't I usually don't do that. I usually just go off of like standings um, and you know what I think about the team. But man, this was a very personal pick. I was like, OK, Rams are good. OK, but I hate them. So I chose the Rams and I actually like that team and I like Jimmy Garoppolo. OK. Last one, we have the Chargers at the Raiders. This is going to be a crazy game. This is going to be such a good game. It's a Monday night football game. I'm taking the Chargers. I don't like the Raiders. I love the Chargers. Um, I love Justin Herbert, which is funny for me to say because they're in my division and we've always hated them because I'm from Denver, obviously. Um, but I feel like ever since Philip Rivers kind of like left the Chargers and retired, I have giving myself permission to actually like that team and I like their players I like Austin Eckler I like Justin Herbert I like their new coach so I just I like them now I never have until like last season and now I'm like you know what I like them I like who they are now especially in LA because I live here so it's, if I had to pick between the Rams and the Chargers I would pick the Chargers as in my LA team hands down 100,000 <sighs> percent Okay, that was it. <laughs> Those were my predictions for week 18. This is the last week of the regular season. We are heading into postseason wild card weekends coming up. And the Super Bowl is right around the corner. It's the day before Valentine's Day, and it's here in LA. So it's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. And I'm really excited for it. So that was it. I've been on a hiatus through the past maybe two or three weeks, but I'm back full force, ready for the weekend, and we're just going to get going here. So happy 2022. Welcome back, 4th and Goal Podcast. I can't wait to watch this weekend, and I can't wait to start getting into the postseason. Okay, we will see you soon, and Godspeed. <laughs>